Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg, happy belated Father's Day, man. Why, thank you, sir. I'm hoping you're going to give me the opportunity to sing some of my great fathers and sons song dude cats uh, no the father's day was yesterday oh. so uh if you wanted to do that that should have been done yesterday in the, uh, dude, uh, I, I, well, I might ambush you at some point where it's like <laughs> in the living years say it loud all right i had to get that once dude. remember that dude mike and the mechanics <laughs> Living years. Greg, Greg, let's be real. You know, uh, Cat Stevens, Cats in the Cradle. If your kids don't have time for you, it's because of your singing, yeah. not because you didn't spend time with them. <laughs> Dude, there's probably many reasons. Just general obnoxiousness. Um, dude, I, I can't believe it's not how we planned to start, but I think I've told you before, uh, since I know we're going to have a good time talking about you know Father's Day and the, the some of the things that flow out from Matt's message or yeah. things he didn't get to talk about. Yep. Um, I believe this past Sunday, meaning from the perspective of the people hearing this podcast now, yeah. So future Sunday, I believe, good good father was sung. Great song. We haven't yep. sung that in a while. Yep. And do you remember how uh, my boys changed that for me? Did I? Uh, was that one of the ones with John Travolta? Uh, no, but it's in the same vote. In case you're wondering what Nathan's saying, my one of my sons has this uh, kind of ongoing inside joke with John Travolta. I, he'll, he'll drop his name in random conversations, etc. So he's done that with worship songs and and ruined them for me. Uh, and um, he, I think it was Ben, but Isaac perfected it. Uh, we're driving home one time a Father's Day a few years ago, and they were like, yeah, it's like, I wonder if we could sing a song about Dad. And it was like, you're an average father. It's who you are, and you watch TV. It's what you do. It's what you do. And I think what shocked me, Nathan, is they had several verses. And every example was highly specific. So it's good to be loved by your kids, dude. Hey, but they didn't say below average. That's right. <laughs> C's get degrees, my friend. Oh, man, that's that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, so for those of you who are listening and you've kind of been keeping up with us, you know that we had said that uh, Greg is going away. And actually, technically, Greg, right now, if we were to quantify reality, Whoa. you are in Pennsylvania working on your uh mfa correct yes dude this is it's like i'm in two places i know i'm at wilkesbury right now probably learning editorial stuff and things i'm not good at uh like shortening sentences and <laughs> how to not use so many stupid adverbs and this is all the critiques i've gotten so far uh and been very helpful um but yes i am i uh decided to i think we've talked about that intermittently yep but yeah for several years now it's something I always wanted to pursue yep. was to get uh, a 
little more um, education in writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done, as we know, a little writing, and and I think I've I'm decent at it, and I think it's something I could get far better at. Sure, and it's a great program. Wilkes is a, a low residency program, um, which means full residency, which would be like the Iowa Writers Workshop, which is like the I think probably the best writing program in the country. You know, you're there. They take like three percent of applicants. And yeah, you're you're you're. They they see you on track for a Pulitzer or something like that, uh, or the Man Booker Award. Uh, but it's a um, it's a good kind of hybrid. Yeah, I looked at purely online programs, but you lack the community. Yeah, and of course, I can't do. You know, yeah. I'm not going to leave uh, my job, my family, etc., right. to go back to school at fifty two. Um, so this low residency, there's a week in January, there's a week in June. Um, so, you know, I, uh, th- my biggest challenge was Lisa, are you good if I use uh, two of my vacation right. weeks? And she was, yeah. she's awesome. Uh, and has been fully, fully supportive. Um, so that's been really fun, dude. You know, I talk yeah. your ear off about it all the time and you know, you, you focus on different aspects of creative writing. Yep. So, um, you know, at this point, like in 2025, uh, summer of 2025, I think I should have the MFA. Nice. So we'll see. Nice. Yeah, we'll see. But it's it's been fun. So that's where I am right now. Right. And and initially we had said that because of that, Matt was going to come on and join us. Mm-hmm. Well, join me uh, to talk about the sermons that he's doing, because all in the month of June, we are highlighting pieces of the sermon. Yeah. Uh, but but Matt realized you realized Greg that with everything going on, um, he you know you take the uh, the brunt of the preaching responsibilities and duties, and so all of the prep time in addition to everything that you're doing with this class to help serve uh, the church. Uh, you know this past year you wrote your Easter devotional. Yeah, um, yeah, I enjoyed that. And then the things that you're doing here uh, with the podcast, you know, we've been we've been going uh, strong since November. I love every it, every week. So, um, you know, all of those things, and that keeps you busy. And then, of course, um, Matt deals with all of the other oversights within the church, and so the youth groups, the children's ministry. Yep. We have people who who oversee those things, but Matt oversees them. Yes. Uh, the small groups, all of those things, and yep. so Matt was kind of looking at his his time frame and his calendar, and was like, "Um, I, I can squeeze in one of the podcasts, yes. but trying to get in two is going to be a little difficult." So, and I'm so glad, dude, that we kind of had that aha moment. Yeah, for that reason, I mean, Matt. Yes, even the Energizer Bunny, dude, can't defeat time. Right. Uh, there's only X amount of hours in a day. And you know that's what I call Matt, uh, Energizer Bunny. And oh, dude, I mean Matt is the uh, is just multi gifted, and you know, hey, and other things, dude, handles things on our uh, sort of the financial yep. appar- uh, apparatus, accountability uh, of the church, and um, uh, obviously sort of day to day stuff. Yeah, Matt is the man uh, and gets an awful lot done. So you know, I'm really excited that he's going to be preaching these three weeks because he's a very gifted preacher as, yeah. as, as we both know as well. So, and it's good for the uh, church to hear a voice besides my own, yeah. um, you know, give, give my voice a rest a few weeks. So 
in that vein, dude, I uh, I can't say I know exactly what Matt preached on Father's right, Day, right. but I sort of know. Yeah, I've seen his general write up, and the goal of these podcasts was to take something like we've done these past two weeks. Yes, you know when I preached on Christian growth, spiritual growth, self awareness. Yeah, uh, was something I didn't have much time to develop. Uh, in the sermon, the week before the belong before you believe. Yes. Uh, of the, the kind of an overflow application of what does it mean to have a genuine relationship with Jesus? Yeah. So today I think I can cover some things. And Matt, if you're listening, if I'm covering everything you covered in the sermon, I'm just trying to clean up your mess. Wait, no, wait. Uh, let's take that out in post. Uh, uh, I'm trying to enhance what, whatever. We'll just leave it in. Well, yeah, the, we don't need to take it out. Yeah. Matt, Matt doesn't listen to this. No, I was going to say he's not listening. <laughs> and if he was listening, he wouldn't care. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we're we're going to highlight uh, Father's Day because that is what Matt is going to be highlighting and talking about. And so Matt's going to take some key verses, particularly out of Ephesians. I mean, that's that's one of the, the, the typical places that you go on Father's Day. Yeah. Unfortunately, though... Over the years, uh, the church has—I um, think I could say this with with fair amount of confidence. I think similar to the way that the church uses Proverbs thirty one for women. Oh, great example! And and we we hold this woman up and we say this is who you're supposed to be yeah. without without actually getting the true meaning of who this is a picture of, right? Um, and, and that is, of course, Jesus, right? I mean, the Proverbs 31 woman is not to sit there and say, this is who all women should be. It's Thank you, Nathan. To Thank sit there you. and say, this is who Jesus is. And and yes, ideally, because, because in a perfect world, that is who you would be. Yeah, she's an archetypal woman. Yeah. I love it. To me, when you read the, the description of that, Proverbs 31, or you read the description we'll talk about of husbands, you could say fathers, right. Ephesians 5 into 6, and you read the description of the elder, 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, Yeah, you ever step back and think, ultimately these are descriptions of Jesus, right? because it is the perfect person in many ways. right? So I have to say, dude, I know this is more of a, of, of a Mother's Day thing, but uh, I think Lisa, in a different iteration of this podcast, may have talked about this once. Mm-hmm. Um and I've talked to several women that feel this, I think it's slowing down, but for years, a number of books geared towards women, Christian women, yeah, which carried with it how to be a better mom, right. wife, you know, multitasker. Um, Lisa's joke was always, oh, I know uh, the first chapter, if not the second, is going to be uh, how you have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Right. Um, <laughs> and I've heard a lot of women say, yes, oh, my goodness. It's this very, I'm going to suggest, law-driven picture of this is what you do if you want to be one of the good ones. Right. Um, I think it's a very, if if it's applied in a rigid, literalistic way, this Proverbs 31 picture. Yeah. It can be, it can be overwhelming. Oh, yeah. I mean. And crushing. All, all of the things that this this woman do, and and can I just say you know because a lot of people who who buy into that mentality and yeah. philosophy like not just women but but men and families 
Uh, do you realize that this is a woman who works outside of the house? I just I had to throw that yeah, out there because, know. Uh, you know, all of those people are typically like, uh, no, she needs to be a stay at home mom. Yes. And, um, yeah. She's going to the market and buying and selling. Right. Like, this is a woman who is not simply a stay at home mom. She has a job that exceeds the boundaries of the four walls of that place. Yes, dude. And that uh, I, dude, that's where sometimes when you press these things in a way I don't think they were intended to be pressed, mm-hmm. you start running into other issues. Like, Wait, okay, how do I reconcile this with Titus 2? And right. how do I reconcile this? Because we're looking for this uh, almost easy step guide formula. Yeah. This is what you do. This is what you do. Yep. And ultimately, you know, as we've covered on many casts, you know, what we do is we, we recognize who we are in our frailties, our flaws, we see who Jesus is for us and how he's picked up all the balls that we drop. Yes. And we rest in him. Yes. Um, so that application to motherhood or fatherhood is very important. Yeah. Um, so, well, that was good. I don't even know if we intended this, but I think we've set Just, ourselves up well. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I agree. Me. And, you know, we as we said, um, you know, Matt is... Uh, going to be uh, going into uh, Ephesians in particular, talking about that. Uh, and again, normally this is used to um, to hold up and say, okay, guys, it's time to step up and be the man that God has called you to be. Um, in principle, I don't think there's anything wrong with with charges like that at times, right? I mean, there are times where I have to look at uh, my boneheaded uh, teenage students, and I have to say, okay, guys, it's time to man up. Like, yeah. you're acting like little children, and you're not. Yeah. And so I think there is a time and a place for that, but I think all too often we, in doing that, we we tend to focus, especially as guys, right? Yeah. Believe it or not that, uh, and, and some people are going to hear this, and, well, I don't think guys are, you know, held to a high standard at all. Um, <laughs> we tend to be hard, on ourselves and yeah. we tend to be hard on one another, right? There's this perceived notion of what a guy should be. And, and that still exists. Right. Right. And in that we forget the, the, the grace and the mercy that is shown through to us through the cross. Yes. Um, you know, everybody likes to, you know, guys like to rally themselves up and hype themselves. Oh, look at David, the warrior. Yeah. But, what about David, the the bubbling, crying little middle school girl who's right. in the cave because, you know, he's running for his life and fleeing yeah. and he doesn't know what to do with himself? Or Elijah, who yeah. has a bold encounter with the prophets of Baal. I mean, you, you could make yeah. a Braveheart movie out of that story. Right. But they don't know what to do with what happens immediately after. Right. Where he's running uh, for cover in the wilderness because a wicked queen uh, has a bounty out for him. Yeah. Um, and he falls apart. Yeah. And God has to tenderly feed him. Yeah. Makes him a meal in the wilderness. He uh, makes sure that uh, Elijah is fed by God's favorite team, the Ravens. And, uh, <laughs> you know, no, it, 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 you're right. There's a more full-orbed picture there, Nathan. And just to say, dude, just to let you know, we can make an all, a, a correction. Matt actually preached okay. on Psalm 103. Oh, okay. Our good, good father. But... He was going to start with Ephesians, and then what he was going to say, I know this from our conversation, Yeah, he was going to say, look, 
we can all agree there's a lot of great stuff in here. There's a challenge for husbands, by implication fathers for many of those husbands, to be sacrificial, to lead like Christ, to love like Christ, to lay down his life like Christ. Um, And there's so much good material, which is good for the soul, and, and we should contemplate those things. Yeah, but Matt was going to say, but I think as he developed Psalm 103, he just thought, "Well, oh, I'm running. I don't have enough space." Yeah, um, and, and so he was going to say uh, that sometimes this passage can be used to beat up on fathers on Father's Day. Yeah, so uh, I think, oh, I know. Looking at Planning Center, there you go. Psalm 103, eight through seventeen is the our, main text. Yes, our good, good father. Yeah. So I think while he's developing the fatherhood of 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 God. Uh, and the picture that we have uh, of God as our Father, yeah, uh, and all the implications that that flow from it. But you know, Nathan, I I can say there's a reason <clears throat> I have never wanted Father's Day to be the scorched earth yeah. sermon. Partly, one in general, I talk to guys through the years sometimes, and I I used to feel this way too. So I'm sympathetic to it, but you ever talk to a, a guy who comes out and says, "Man, did you hear so and so's message?" And you no, know, they tell you about it. man. He laid me out. Yeah, he I, he destroyed me, man. And there's this um, almost attraction to being beat up. Yeah, which I want to be careful. I recognize there is a sense of healthy. Man, I was really convicted. Right. You know, the Lord did not mince words with me. Uh, when I thought about my selfish attitude, and then I read this in Scripture, wow, I was exposed. So of course, but sometimes it feels a little more subcultural. Yeah. I want they're they're pre- like well, I don't need to get us onto that, but Mark Driscoll's whole preaching tenor right. was always just beat beat the beat the crap out of people. Right. I mean, honestly, it, yeah. And he he's pretty uh pretty unapologetically uh, unapologetic about it. I, the more I grow, I thought, that's weird. Like, so the yeah. goal, it's almost people are patting themselves about, man, he he laid me out. Right. He beat me up. Man, this message destroyed me. And I'm always like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd much rather hear that the person was enthralled with the gospel. Right. With Jesus, with, with who Jesus is. And in that every message at some level, dude, hey, yes, this is where I blew it. Right, but this is where Jesus picked up the balls that I dropped. Yeah, and it, not that that's spelled out explicitly in every message, but the overall tone. Right, I think that's a much healthier way to go. And dude, is I mean, fatherhood is like prayer to me. Yeah. Um, Dave Shive once said this to me. He said, "Greg, do you have you ever met a Christian who feels they pray enough?" And I said, "Yeah, good point. Even the 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 prayer, right, right. the John Wesleys of the world that prayed, right. you know, got up at four a.m. and prayed for four hours, and, right? You know, uh, George Mueller, you know, yeah. these, these just icons of prayer. He said they'd be the first ones to say, I 'I don't pray enough.' Right? I don't give enough time to prayer. So he always said, be careful when you preach on prayer that it's not a guilt fest. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, let's apply that to other things. Be careful when you preach on fatherhood." Yeah. It's not a guilt fest. Yeah. You know, um, where it just, this is what you're supposed to do, you weak man, and yeah. you man up, and you you put your, you know, you you put your boots on, and right, you, right. you go out and you stand for your family. Right. Ugh. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, it's turned again. It's, it's these things get so turned around and it, it, it does a disservice to the picture that God paints for us of, of a man of God, yeah. of a woman of God, of someone who is desperately uh, seeking after God. Yeah. Right. I mean, again, we go to David. David is called a man after God's own heart, and look how he blew it. Yeah. In his family. Oh yeah. I mean, this is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, yeah, it's more than the Bathsheba incident. Yeah. Right. I mean, sometimes we can we can be reductionistic. David man, and there like was the we Bathsheba. we boiled David down to basically two stories: yes. David and Goliath, and, and, and then Bathsheba. And, and, right, and then it's like <laughs> karma Bathsheba. So it's like, well, yeah. they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. That's true, dude. That is true. Now, Nathan, because you mentioned uh, karma, I need to sing a Taylor Swift. Karma is my boyfriend. Car- did I just do that on the podcast? Yeah, yeah and I, I think did. we just lost all of our I listeners. I think we lost all of our listeners. I want to remind everybody I have two girls, <laughs> and so I hear Taylor on a continual loop. Let's be real, Greg. Even if you didn't have the two girls, you'd still be listening You're to You're right. It. I would, dude. You know I would. You know I would. Oh, my goodness. We'll save that for another cast. That's the, right. The reclamation of Greg Dutcher. Um, but, yeah, that is true. We do. That is kind of David's life. But you look, I mean, this, the David Absalom saga uh, alone yeah. um, is just gut-wrenching. Yeah. What happened to his entire family. Uh, and honestly, dude, you can tell um, really the history of Israel is in many ways an overflow of David's family. Yeah. Solomon and uh, his his son uh, of that union and, and everything that flowed after that, the kingdom divides. Yep. The history of Israel is bleak. You know, it, it, when you look at the Old Testament, you see uh, the, there's a few bright spots in the southern kingdom. Yeah. Zero in the north. Yeah. I've always been fascinated. There wasn't one godly king yeah. in, in the north. In the north, yeah. N- not a single one, yep. you know? So uh, we had to wait for Jon Snow, king of the north. Oh wait, that's 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 another epic saga. Wrong, wrong North, right? <laughs> Lamar Jackson, King of the AFC North. Well, hopefully, um, but yeah, I I think, dude, the a, a more careful study and a more careful thought should should put us in touch. Here's how I think of fatherhood, Nathan, as a father. For it exposes me to my weakness. Yeah, and I do think we do hold out the example i do want to be a better father all jokes aside i want to be a better husband we're not saying those motivations aren't right but i think sometimes the beating the crap out of your listeners yeah particularly men because this is what you need to be a man right i'm not sure what if it's produced anything long term well and not only that but right what what does that mean right you know i mean that's the thing what is it you need to be a man, right? And and we live in a day and age where I I know that those terms are continuously being blurred yeah. and and oh for sure run over and and you know buried six feet under like you know and so I I can appreciate the the idea of wanting to define terms, wanting to reclaim. Um, sexuality, sexual identity, um, but we need to be so careful, as we've said time and time again, 
not to not to put things into scripture where scripture doesn't speak on it. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, the 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 things that really can come out, you know, that that really get toxic are when we start, you know, when we start twisting what these things mean, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what does it mean to be a man? Well, you know, you need to go out and you need to get yourself a shotgun. Yeah. And you need to, you know, you need to learn how to hunt and you yeah. need to go out and get a fishing rod and you need to learn how to fish. And then you need to teach your kids how to do all those things. And you need to learn how to, you know, change your oil and you need to learn how to change your tires and your brakes. And yes, you know, like we, we start like defining these things, you know, you need to step up and you, and you need to be the breadwinner in your house. And, yes. you know, all these things that that scripture never speaks on. Yeah. Right. That that very clearly scripture says. I'm going to paint for you, as it always does, the picture of who you should be. Yes. And I'm going to do that by showing you God the Father mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ his Son. Yes. And we're going to show you this is who you should be. Mm-hmm. Then what we're going to do is we're going to show you that no one in history has ever lived up to that. Yes. And then we're going to show you the cross because that's why Christ came. Yeah. And... and over and over again, that is every picture we see in every single circumstance when it comes to our identity and who we are. Yeah. And I think we forget that when we get into these, you know, the, these calls or these charges to people. Yeah. We forget that that grace and the cross need to be on the forefront, not not in case you mess up, but when you mess up. Exactly. Well said, Nathan. Yes, I love how you balance that. We're, I, I, I think it's this is the type of conversation where people could hear, oh, these guys are being soft on fathers. And no, I, I'm. There are clear calls of a father should love, sacrifice, lead, provide. Nobody's disputing those things. Um, but I love what you said. In case, you, no, there's no in case. Right. Before you got out of bed this morning, right. you have failed. Yeah. That's who we are in and of ourselves. We have failed, and I stress in and of ourselves. Christ in us, what Christ has done. I mean, that's one of the most remarkable things to me, Nathan, is to think of the times I failed as a father. Yeah. And I can think of, you know, well, I can think of many times, uh, even recent times. Um, Often, it's that I um, I didn't get the full story, mm-hmm. and Lisa will point that out to me, and she tries not to do it in front of the kids. Sometimes she'll have to if I'm toasted, but if I'm upset and I'm giving my kids the business because why didn't you do this with school or et cetera, et cetera? And I'm I'm tough, and in some ways I feel like yeah I'm I'm being the I'm being the heavy here. This right. is good. Um, <clears throat> And then to recognize, oh, I didn't understand that. Yeah, they actually had already talked to the teacher. I never gave them a chance to even say that. You know, whatever the the circumstances. And again, I try to say this all the time. I found one of the most helpful things I do is when you can go to your kids and say, "Would you forgive me?" I I I way overreacted to that. Yeah, I never even gave you the chance, and I don't want to do that. I know you don't want somebody to do that to you apart from your father. Right. I know you don't want to be perceived uh, as doing that to someone. All those conversations invite the grace of God in. Yeah. 
Because you, what you're really saying, the subtext of all those conversations is, yeah, I, um, I, I need Jesus. Yeah. You know, I need Jesus because when you see him, you see the father. Right. The, the, the true father who wouldn't do that. Yeah. And who doesn't drop any balls. In fact, he, he, he picks all of yours up. So interesting, um, Nathan. I, I've been thinking about this a lot with kids who walk away from the faith. Mm. And this could be a podcast in and of itself, but um, my little advice for, you know, a little piece of advice for fathers, and this would be for mothers too, is this is one thing I fight for, Nathan. This means a lot to me, but I have seen some families where the distance has set in, the grudges or the bitterness, the bitterness has set in. I know of a man who hasn't talked to his adult son in years. And I think I've mentioned this in another context. And he basically, I think, is willing to die because the father, because he was right. Yeah. He might be right. Right. He's laid out his case. I haven't heard the sons, uh, but he's laid out his case to me before. And it's a cautionary tale for me. Yeah. If any of my four kids don't want access to me, I feel like that's a big deal. Yeah. So I'm less concerned about raising kids right. Yeah. You know what I mean by this? Yeah. yeah. Because in, in, in I, I want to raise them the best I possibly can. They're going to grow up and make their own decisions, right. their own choices. I want to have a continual role in their life. Right. You lost your dad young. Nathan. Yeah. You were 14. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm amazed by that sometime because you're such a wise uh, person, and I'm sure you have craved at yeah. times. Man, I'd love to get yeah. a, a dad's advice there, right? And um, it makes me think I'm very unusually blessed. I have a 82 year old father who's still yeah. in my life, who's 15, 20 minutes away. Yeah, I just talked to you yesterday, and that's kind of become my kind of remaining right. main focus goal for fatherhood there's others i want to be there yeah and i want my kids to feel like they want me there right so i want to say to parents that might be listening you have a kid that you know maybe has come out and and it's a sexual identity issue it's uh uh you know they're saying they're gay or they're saying um <clears throat> i don't really want to be part of the church world anymore etc and i know <clears throat> those things weigh heavily right on the heart if I could give one piece of encouragement, particularly to dads in this, whatever you can do yeah. to stay present with those kids so that you are built, as long as you're alive on this earth, to be in their life, that's worth pursuing. Well, I mean, you know, this is, this is what we're told, right? As, as far as it depends on you, mm-hmm. live at peace with those around mm-hmm. you, right? I've I've come to learn and appreciate that um, one-on-one relationships are the the best possible thing that that you can do in regard to any issue that comes up. Yeah. That that Facebook, Twitter, um, that that it's just a cesspool of of uh, taking things out of context. Yeah. Uh, at 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 setting you up as a caricature. It doesn't matter whether you're right or not. Yeah. You're perceived. Yep. As XYZ. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you sit on the spectrum that, um, you know, that, that is the perception. 
but maintaining the relationships. Yeah. Right. That I have, I have with family, I have with students, with friends to tell them that, you know, you, you and I have talked, you know what my beliefs are, you know, what my stance is yep. on this, you know, what God's word says on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's nothing that I'm going to be able, right. And I think that's the key. There is nothing that I'm going to be able to do or say yep. that is going to change your mind. That's yes. got to be a work of God and the Holy Spirit. Yep. And so I'm going to continue to pray for you, yep. and I want to be involved in your life as much as you will allow me. Absolutely. And I, I can tell you that I, I have a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, um, actually speaking on Father's Day, he was he was when my father passed away, became a very close mentor of mine. Yeah. Uh, love this man dearly. Won't say his name for obvious reasons, but um, he had a close friend of his who uh, struggled with homosexuality, his identity in that, um, got counseling and therapy, got married, but still that was always there. Yeah. Um, the marriage just totally fell apart. Yeah. Um, the wife became very abusive and he, he got custody of his kids mm. and he just through all of the circumstances and things that he was dealing with in that just kind of gave over to, um, his impulses. Yeah. And my friend who is a very godly man just said this to his friend. He's like, you know, you're my brother and I love you. Yeah. I want you to be around my children. I want you to, I want to maintain this relationship with you. Yeah. I know that you know the truth. I know that you know where I stand, but yeah. I still want to be a part of your life. And not to bash you over the head, not to, you know, beat you over, you know, with the Bible or anything, but just because you're my friend. Yeah. I love you. I love being with you. Um, and this this man, my my friend's friend, has pulled away. Yeah. And... I believe that naturally in the course of our relationships, that's going to happen. Sure. But my friend has always left the door open. Of course. And, you know, has never once come down and condemned him or judged him. Yeah. Because guess what? The guy already knows it. Right. He knows scripture. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love, thank you, Nate. He knows scripture. He. I think we feel this need to be, the continual reminder. Yeah. But let's, particularly with kids, I've seen this with, with kids going into adulthood, and I I see this dynamic plan. Dude, 30 families, honestly, over the years I can think of. Yeah. You know, maybe more. I'm just, my mind is just exploding right now with conversations. Um, it's well-intended, a father or mother, reminding the kids but what the, the the kids they don't hear it as reminding right they hear it as nagging yeah they hear it as drudgery yeah they hear it as charlie brown teacher voice on steroids right, right. and it's just fingernails on a on a chalkboard um so i think most parents can rest at ease that uh, we taught these things we went to church etc they they know what i believe Here's what I found in the long haul. I think these kids 
or respect parents more because at some level they'll process and they might not show you that right away, but right. I, I've, I've got some examples of this too. Yeah. They'll process that, man, my mom or dad, I know how they feel about this. Yeah. I know how they feel with what I'm doing with my life, but they're not saying it and they're still with me. Right. They're supporting me. They love me. That's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. So, the the sometimes not saying it actually reinforces the truth right more than saying it again and again and again right um so i would say do, uh, we want to talk about practical lessons for fathers on fathers day yeah well give your kids a lot of grace yeah um now obviously i always say when they're little especially little right. you need law you need boundaries you, you we, we, that's common sense right. you know these things they that's why we put up uh little safety stoppers and outlets and so we're, we, we need to protect right as they age i'm not saying there's a magic number we we loosen some of that yeah is where the opportunity to show grace i think the opportunity to have fun yeah to be a person for your kids that they want to be around yeah uh, i think that's key because that spills in to adulthood so i think of i think of my own story dude and i don't know i just i want to be around my father because he's kind yeah he's fun He's sweet spirited. He's he's been a great listener. Yeah, great supporter. Um, and I just think that's sort of for me. It's a little echo of the welcome embrace of Jesus to us, right? Yeah. It's, it's my my father's not Jesus. Right. He'll be the first to say that. I'm certainly not Jesus. Which is why why do Father's Day sermons where you beat the crap out of people and basically say be Jesus? Right. When the gospel says you can't be. Right. That's why he came. Right, right. And, uh, it's it's the phrase, dude. I use all the time. Right? Do you know why Jesus will apply it to fathers? Loves especially broken, failing fathers because there aren't any other kinds. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. You know I mean, it's yeah. It's almost like there aren't any other kinds. Right. Um, well, and you know, the thing is, like, if if we're gonna give like practical advice, to me, I think the best thing is don't be afraid to fail. Be afraid when you start hardening your heart against asking for forgiveness. Yes. Like yes. to me, the whole point of, of scripture is not again, not in case you fail, it's you've already failed. Right. You've blown it a million times before you came to Christ. You're going to blow it a million times after you've come to Christ. Right. And, and even more than that, but Right, all of the all of the stories and the lessons that were given that show it's forgiveness. Yes. Right? This is Christ on the cross as the people are have have tortured him. Yeah. As the people have have mocked and shamed him. Right. Right. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. Right. It's it's him asking. I mean, when you think of forgiveness, like it's it's humility. Yeah. Right? It's humbling. And Christ is humbling himself on behalf of the people to ask his father to forgive these people. Yes. I, I mean, you know, if Christ can humble himself yeah. on our behalf to ask for our forgiveness when we don't even know that we need it or want it, yeah. how much more so when we realize we've blown it? Yeah. Um, and, and, and maybe we haven't realized we've blown it, but if we can realize that we're human and we make mistakes and so... At some level, we probably did blow it. Yep. That you know what I I can I can say I'm sorry. Yes. Well, do I actually? I'll press it even a, a bit a bit further because I love where you're taking it. 
I sometimes almost get excited when I have a good, like, I man, that was good. I can tell when I had a great moment with my kids, a great talk with my kids. I think yeah. I helped them. I'm now at a point, okay, Lord, free me from coasting and feel like pepper yeah. I'm sure I blew it in there yeah. at some level. I, they, they probably said one thing that I missed yeah. that I wasn't quite, I'm more locked in on what I'm going to say. Yeah. Almost, I mean, well, not always, because we can, like you said, we can count on it. Yeah. So what amazes me about the grace of God is it's already there to make yes. up our deficiencies yes. before we open up our mouths or, you know, enact some kind of discipline for our kids because they, right. you know, broken curfew or, you know, whatever we need to do to, to uh, you know, be as effective as we can. And I think part of it, dude, is just getting free from the formula. Yeah. There really isn't a formula. Yeah. You, like you said, there's a picture that's held out to us in Jesus. You're like, man, if I could be like him. That's a pretty good sense. So it gives me a, a uh, something uh, to you know, for which I can aim. But like you said, simultaneously knowing I'm not going to hit it. Right. Jesus tells me I'm not going to hit it. And then he whispers to me next to me, and that's why I've done it for you. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Dude, gets me going. And and that's every part of our life, right? I mean, yeah. this is this is the thing is we we have been talking about this aspect of God's love and grace for our lives since day one. Right. And and it doesn't matter whether we are we are talking about the specifics of parenthood. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about addictions. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we're talking about uh, marriage. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about uh, you know a, a, a boss uh, worker relationship. Uh, on all levels, in all facets of our life, we are going to we are going to blow it. Yes. Yep. And that's just that is exactly what it is. And and knowing we're going to blow it, knowing that we are going to totally mess up, whether in our minds it's a little bit or whether it's a great big amount. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's not perfection in God's sight. So it's always a great. big. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like we think, well, I didn't really mess up that bad. And God's looking at going, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, always do. Like, uh. Uh, we've talked about before the problem really isn't cheap grace right. it's cheap law yeah because god's law is perfection yeah matthew 5:48 be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect yeah and that's after he expands all of those old testament laws yeah oh uh adultery <clears throat> if you've looked at a woman lustfully in your heart uh murder well, i've never done that if you've ever been angry with your brother <laughs> called him raka fool right uh, you 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 start whoa, and then after all that, be perfect. He tells us what God is worthy of. Yeah, absolute one hundred percent perfection. We can't ever give that up. Yeah. So we start lowering standards to be like, well, this is ex no. What's acceptable to God is a life of sinless perfection. Mm -hmm. Uh oh, oh wait a minute. Right. Jesus came, and right. He did it, and credits it to us. So again, dude, everything we t fatherhood, it's just one more application. Yeah. Where does the gospel get downloaded to dads that are struggling and wondering what to do? It's right there. Yeah. It's it's starting with that knowledge of what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. Um and embodying that message by the grace of God to our kids, to our families and 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 sharing it. Well, and just just kind of one last thing to to end on. If if we're going to give one last practical piece of advice here get in a community because trying to parent 
in a vacuum. Oh, yeah. like trying to do anything in a vacuum. I and mean, first of all, right? How much how much better do you feel when you're when you're dealing with whatever it is? Yeah. Right. I mean. Greg, you are very open about your struggles with insomnia, mm-hmm. with uh, depression, you know, anxiety, like all of those things. You've mm-hmm. been very open about. How much better did you feel when you started like doing research and and like getting into forums and things like oh, that, and yeah. seeing how many other people are dealing with this thing? Oh, a hundred percent. I think I've laughed with you, dude. That one of the funniest things I ever done. This is early internet days, like when I. My, my sleep was really starting to be problematic. Early 2000s, yeah. you, you find a, a, an insomnia chat room, yeah. and it's like 3.45 in the morning, and all the things that say, I am so angry, <laughs> I can't sleep. And I'm like, well, we're probably we're probably not helping each other because right. we're all on these blue light computers and staying up. But you're, you're exactly right. Peter, dude, actually says that in First Peter, that the sufferings you have, knowing that your brothers around the world yeah. are sharing in those same sufferings. I love that point, too. There's a solidarity of community. Yeah. And you start thinking, oh, this is hard for everybody. Right. This is good. Or, you know, somebody says, hey, let me tell you, I used to do this, and it never worked. I've been trying this approach with my kids. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You're right. Everything, dude, is a community project. Yeah. Everything. Fatherhood especially, to get around people, to be open, honest, learn. Pay attention. Um, I I like to listen for the stories. I love asking people, what didn't work? Yeah. You know, those are harder to share. Yeah. But there's gold in those hills. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what we, didn't and we work? shouldn't be afraid or embarrassed to share those things, right? Because, oh. again, if we truly understand that we've all blown it, yeah. On every aspect and every level of our life, I mean, I mean, really, like, let's be real. We never had a chance. I mean, from from the womb, yeah, <laughs> we we've never had a chance. You know, good old Adam and Eve. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I don't mean that to say, oh, it's all their fault because we would have done the exact same thing. Right. Um, but the the reality is, we never had a chance, and so understanding our starting point and who we are should it free us to understand that you know what. The only person whose love and acceptance that I should truly crave and want is my heavenly Father, is Jesus Christ. And this is what they have freed us and commanded us to do. Feel free to share your burdens with one another. Feel free to be open and honest with one another. Yes. Right? And. And and that's they've given us the permission and the approval to do that. Yes. And to say, man. Look where I have screwed up my life, but look where God has so increased and touched and grown me. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I uh, I love how you keep emphasizing from the start we're doing, and I can't find it. It's an old DC Talk song. <laughs> so maybe somebody can find it where it's, it's it's like really early DC Talk where it's like something about from the jump. On the sixth day, yeah, um, yeah, we the, the the problems, and I remember uh, till you find that you cannot stand. Supernatch defeats a mere, <laughs> mere man. Isn't that weird? You said it popped in my head. <laughs> right. This old thirty-year-old lyric. Yeah. Supernatch. Supernatch defeats a mere man, and it does. So nice. we need Jesus. Well, my friend, this has been a great conversation. It has. We're gonna go ahead and uh, wind down now. Until the next time. We just rocked the Casper. Yes, sir. 
Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.